the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D podcast. How you doing? I'm Nick DeGilio. I'm your host. It's episode 190 and it's Halloween. So it's the spooktacular. A very special guest is coming on the show. Josh Robert Thompson, the great Josh Robert Thompson, incredible performer, a great comedian, an incredible writer, a great voice actor who does incredible voices on so many great shows, including Family Guy and so many other things. He, of course, is best known as Jeffrey Peterson, the gay skeleton robot sidekick of Craig Ferguson. He spent many years on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, which was the greatest late-night talk show in the history of late-night talk shows. And the stuff that Craig Ferguson did with Jeffrey Peterson, the skeleton gay sidekick, is genius and improvised and awesome. And he's a great guy and a funny dude and a huge horror fan. The unbelievably gifted, unbelievably funny, the unbelievably talented and hilarious Josh Robert Thompson is on the spooktacular this year, and I could not be more excited. We are going to do a deep dive into all things horror, horror movies, his you know obsession with them, and we'll talk about his work with Craig Ferguson on The Late Late Show as Jeffrey Peterson and all the other amazing stuff that he's done. An incredibly gifted, talented guy, Jeffrey Peterson himself. That's right, from The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, the great Josh Robert Thompson is my guest. As well, Leon is going to stop by briefly to talk about her favorite horror movies and some scary stuff here on The Spooktacular, and uh, we've got so much more coming up, too. Hey, you want to be a sponsor on this show? You can do it. Advertise with us. Lots of people listen. You can contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Get in there. Say, I would like to advertise on this show. It'll be beneficial for everybody involved. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Be a part of the Nick D podcast. Voicemail us 24-7. It's open. We want to hear from you. 773-417-6948. Email us anytime you want. NickDpodcast at gmail.com. We read every one, and we read every single podcast uh, uh, email that comes in and uh, read a lot of them on the air and answer them and all that cool stuff. So be in touch with us. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound. Ed Sulla does everything else. He's the main man. Rate and review us on every platform, and check out the live streaming service 24-7. It's like radio only cooler. And that's uh, radiomisfits.live. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She does. She loves Halloween, and she's dressed up for Halloween. It is. It's the Halloween spooktacular. And the brilliant Josh Robert Thompson, Jeffrey Peterson, from the Late Show, Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, is going to join us. He is an unbelievable talent, hilarious, awesome, and he is also one of the most knowledgeable and one of the most brilliant guys when it comes to horror, the horror genre, the horror movies. We're doing a deep dive into horror movies here on the Spooktacular, and he is going to join me right after I tell you. Speaking of scary stuff, check this out. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up, because Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Yeah, that's right. Brian Alaspa's Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. 
with a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback for Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jagoff. There's only one Josh Robert Thompson, so just don't fuck yourself. He can do your voice better than you. Don't believe me, we'll fuck you. There's only one Josh Robert Thompson, so just go and fuck yourself. Balls. There you go. Hey, it's it's Josh Robert Thompson back on the, on the podcast after a long break. How you doing, How you doing, Josh? Dude, that, is, you? that theme is uh, that is such an angry, beautiful theme. I I don't even recognize that guy anymore. But man, that is a great theme. What a theme yeah. to walk into a room to. Isn't that it, man? I mean, <laughs> the whole place, so the room good. will part like the Red Sea, dude. It will. Um, Jason Skaggs wow. is the man responsible for that. Huge fan of yours, by the way. Loves you. And uh, is he do so, the? Uh, does he say balls at the end there? I think that's him. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. almost positive that's him. So, I mean, you would yeah, know. I mean, because you, you could tell if it's you or not, right? Can't you? It's it's kind of uh, it's good. It sounds a little bit um, like Seth MacFarlane's Stewie a little bit there at the end. Oh, there Bulls. you go. Bulls. It's good, man. <laughs> this go is Josh Roberts. As wow. a go fuck what yourself. A, yeah, a, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't seem to be as angry uh, uh, now. Uh, maybe as when we recorded that. I don't know. Um, you I don't like think you... so. No, I have no? other I have other things uh, <laughs> I focus on these days. That, well, before uh, we yeah. before we jump into, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the stuff that we want to jump into, this is the Halloween Spectacular on the Nick D podcast. And um, I couldn't think of a better person to just geek out, man, because you and I, we have a lot in common. One of the big things that we have in common is an absolute love and praise of horror and everything oh, yeah, horror related. For sure. And, and I want to get into that, like deep dive into it, man. Um, you know, your collection, your favorites, the least, the weirdest, the shit that you love, the video nasties, all of that stuff. But <laughs> just to get everybody back up, Josh Robert Thompson, you, what do you, what have you been doing lately? I mean, you know, obviously we all know you from uh, 
uh, the years that you spent on the Craig Ferguson show and doing uh, doing Jeffrey and um, and all the other stuff that you've been doing and you, you, the the Voice of God and all the other stuff that you were doing on Kelly Clarkson. What's happening yeah. now? What have you been doing? All the voices you do on Family Guy and all the other voiceover work that you do and all the stand up stuff you do. You're a very incredibly talented dude. What's happening right now? What are you doing? Well, all of that's over now because I've been <laughs> on strike. So right, none, correct. So that none of that's <laughs> happening. No, I um. It's been an interesting uh, time for me and for a, a lot of other folks, I imagine, as well, uh, particularly actors. And, um, you know, I've been sort of busying myself with other stuff like uh, writing. I'm, I'm working on a book and um, working on uh, hoping to make a film soon once the strike is over that I would be yeah. directing, something that I've been wanting to do for a number oh, of wow. years. Oh, wow. Cool. And it is a, it is a horror film. It is it's a short. Hopefully uh, turn it into a... Uh, feature at some point but uh, yeah so I've kind of been in that world for a while and really really enjoying it it's kind of the thing that um, that I most enjoy right now and honestly if I could do that for for the rest of my life and make a living at it I'd be very mm. happy be a very happy dude um, yeah. but yeah I still listen family guy is is back just now the, the writers are back and uh, in terms of voiceover I, I can still do a lot of that stuff so uh, you know thankfully I'm very, uh, very lucky to be, be fortunate to be a voice actor and still be able to do that stuff. Um, yeah. And I just did Disney's uh, Disney's 100th anniversary. They had a, a short, a beautiful short uh, animated film that they did to celebrate that. And I got to play Grumpy, which was uh, oh, a cool. real honor. Yeah, it's kind of an amazing thing. So, oh, um, that's really cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, so, I'm not well, I mean, to promote it. So, okay, the, the, we're not going to promote it. We're not promoting. So it, the but... uh, the <laughs> the union will be here. Oh, wait a minute. I think, yeah, they're here. They're at my door. <laughs> I don't care. They'll be fine. You know, it They'll was really fine. interesting. I did a um, I do this thing called the flashback uh, horror convention every year. You should come, man. We should. I would uh, love we to, get dude. You, we, dude, we should get you as a guest. We should have you as a guest at Flashback. Is this you know in what? Chicago? Yeah, we should have you as a fucking guest, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. You know what? Absolutely. I'm, got, I'm gonna talk to some people, man. Let's get you here. You know why? Because I need to meet. I know you're tight with uh, Svenguli, and I am. you know, listen, I I started out uh, hosting late night yeah. horror movie shows, which we'll talk about a little bit. You know, yeah. back in the day, probably 20 years ago now. Yeah, I yeah. did my own version of that show, Schlock Theater. I'm sure there's been 400 Schlock Theaters. But, uh, yeah, Sven Gulli is really the guy that's keeping that torch lit. And um, uh, Chicago has a rich history uh, of horror and, you know, late-night horror movie hosts. So yeah. dude, I would love that. That would be that well, would be like my Christmas. So let's So listen, it. man, because it's, it's usually the first weekend in August. So just oh, like okay, okay. tentatively mark that, mark it off. And let's get you here, man. You know, you can meet all the fans and, and hang out. And uh, What's with the know? August, by the way? Why are we doing all these in August? I don't understand. The, well, Flashback has always been in August. Uh, okay. So oh, Flashback I see. Horror Convention has always been the first weekend in August. And uh, so that's just been, I mean, we've been doing it for I 20 I didn't know years. that Halloween started in August. Like, because I'm, I'm in, you know, I mean, uh, Halloween's every day. That's what yeah. I was just going to say. Yes. Right. Uh, Al Jorgensen from Ministry. Yes, Halloween is that's every right. day. Every that's day. right. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, listen, and boy, did they change their tune after that No song. shit, But huh? let me tell you, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> but, it's different. I'm in L.A., yeah. and it's not, you know, 150 degrees. And All the time, it's, yeah. It, you know, even in October. So uh, yeah. it's not really Halloween, but there it's probably nice and you know, it is. A chill but in you the got, air. But you come out, man, horror fanatics, we call them, we call ourselves the tribe at the Flashback Convention. Okay. And, 
you know, we know we have like amazing guests and it's a really fun weekend and I moderate a ton of Q and A's and shit and it's a blast. And I was, I brought this up uh, because well, one, I want you to come in August. So let's work on that. Seriously. Oh let's yeah, work on for that. sure. Two, it was really interesting navigating that shit with the Q and A's because of the strikes, both strikes were happening at that point. Oh, right. Right. And it was really interesting because I was walking up to people like that. I was doing Q and A's for like, man, I'll tell you the best Q and A, the most fun I had, Josh, I did the Q and A for fucking Dick Warlock. Um, oh really oh dude and like that guy is in the stunt he was the stunt double for kurt russell for fucking 30 years yeah right and he's in a ton of horror movies and the stories that that guy had man it was the one of the most fun q a's i've ever had man guys like 84 years old warlock he's like 84 84 yeah and And dick warlock is is the best michael myers um, yeah (laughs) to me to me the the best the best looking michael myers just because of the shape of dick warlock's face yeah. And the fact that it was very taut, the mask was very taut on his face, Yeah, gave Michael this otherworldly appearance, almost supernatural. He, That's my favorite mask. It's the same mask. It just was warped over time. Right. And uh, the way that Dick Warlock moved, um, that is the best Michael Myers it's, for me. I'll tell you the best story, man. He told the best story about how he got the gig because they hired him. Deborah Hill was like, yeah, you can do the stunts. You want to do the stunts because he was working with Kurt Russell at the time. Right. And uh, and he knew John because of Escape from New York. And so they came in and, and John didn't direct. Rick Rosenthal directed the second one. But he came in and Deborah's like, yeah, why don't you go meet with the director? And he he said the director was all Rick Rosenthal was all the way down this hallway in That's like right. a room. Yeah. And he walked down the hall when he turned the corner and the mask was sitting there like the Michael Myers mask was sitting on the counter. So he just put it on. And he walked in, and Rick Rosenthal looks up. He just sees this guy with the mask on. And he's like, who are you? And Warlock didn't say anything. He just stood there. <laughs> stood that's there right. He just, he just stood there and didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah. And that's and how, got, and yeah. that's so how we, you get the part back exactly, in the day. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like back in the day, he was like, yeah, you can be our stunt coordinator. And, and then he said, is there any reason why I can't play the part? And Rosenthal's like, no, nah, I guess not. It's cool. I mean, go ahead and play the part. So that's is how that he got the, the part. Now, did Dick Warlock, he only played him in, in two? He played him in two. Yeah, that's the only time he ever played him was in two. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only time he ever played so him was in good. two. It's so good. It's such a weird, and, almost zombie-like uh, performance, and, but and it's, it's very eerie. It was it was fantastic because like I got to do his q and I did his Q&A. I did Leo Rossi's Q&A. Um, oh, yeah. A oh, good old Leo Rossi from um, the uh, from Friday the 13th? No. And no, no, Halloween, no from, Halloween, from two. Halloween 2. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he, he's one of the, he's he's one of the, the EMTs. The yeah. EMT yeah. guys and yeah, Leo Rossi fuck man that guy's in everything he you know I mean, he's in a ton of stuff and I got to talk to him and his wife is in Phantasm I don't know if you know that his wife is Lynn Eastman she's in Phantasm oh is that right she's one of the uh, girls sorry, I'm in the singing, VW I'm singing Amazing Grace now Amazing Grace <laughs> come sit on my face anyway, that's it man so, uh, that's it <laughs> Leo Rossi made up that song did yeah. he make up that song he did man he did yeah, yeah. he was just sitting there see this folks is back in the day when you could shoot a movie in a was it, I, I, was it an abandoned hospital? It was like an or abandoned what? hospital in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I think right in, in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and <laughs> um, you shoot during the day. You got to black out the windows. There's helicopters going by, and then you're just Leo Rossi, and you're just making up a song about. Right. Uh, yeah, he's Sitting on uh, my face. he's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's, a, legend. he's a, couldn't have been a nicer guy. Like he, it was, it was. I gotta say, this was very surreal, Josh, because we were. I was. I wanted to interview him for the podcast, and so the the people at flashback gave him like my number 
you know, and uh, and so I get a voicemail, and like I check my voicemail on the voicemail, I was like, Nikki D, Leo Rossi, how you doing? I was like, what? <laughs> like completely freaked out. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. the guy from the the guy from the accused is on my goddamn voicemail right now. That's you know? right. So, so <laughs> but he was He's great, and his, his wife is one of the girls in the VW in Phantasm. What okay, the hell right. was that? When they're that's when the, amazing. That's yeah. her. So I was in my element, man. I was oh. And uh, that's so cool, man. They had Christine. The car was there, and the three dudes from Christine uh, were 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 there. So we had a lot of, but but again, like I was saying, the, the whole point of this, we've already digressed, is that I was I went up to every single person that I did their Q and A, and I'm like, what do you want to talk about? What's safe? Because they knocked on your door already, Josh, during this during this thing. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Union. And yeah, there they are again. Oh wait, man. they're there. Sorry, guys. No, it's fine. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> But they were everybody. I didn't, I didn't give any details. All right, everybody was like, I don't care. We can talk about whatever they want. And my favorite was, uh, oh, what, what is her name? Christine. Shit. I'm blanking on her name from uh, she's in she's in the uh, Child's Play 2. She's in the Chucky movies and she in the TV series. Christine uh, Eber, not Ebersol. That she's from SNL. Um, now, shit, I'm blanking on her name. But but uh, she Are you think of yeah, Dick Ebers. It was Dick Ebersol. Yeah, Ebersol. From, there, there was a, from there, SNL. There's a Christine Ebersol, though, too. Uh, if I'm okay, not, all right. I don't remember. No, but really anyway, the, the girl I'm talking about was in. She's in. Chuck, she's in the Chucky movies. Right. And, okay. And gotcha. we had like we were talking, and she's like, at one point, she's like, "Look, if they want to come, and uh, you know, and take me away because I've got a, I'm signing a picture with Chucky on it. Well, they can. What are they? You know." <laughs> What are they going to do? Like, how, yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, come on. And she's like, I like my union and everything, but still, you know, like, come on, what are you going to do? I mean, I got a picture. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The public doesn't care. Believe me, people don't care. But the comments I've seen during the strike were hilarious. Mostly uh, people of a certain age, you know, over 70 writing, uh, <laughs> learn, learn to code, learn to code, get a job, learn to code. This is 1982. Learn What's to code. Oh, learn wow. to code. That's how you know. That's how, that's the tip off. You go. Oh, okay. So you're like really old. Okay, uh, got it. Fantastic. Yeah. Learn to code. So, Work with so, your hands. Work in a steel mill. Well, they're all closed. <laughs> so try again. What will your references are? You know, work at the Ford plant. Well, they're on strike too. So. <laughs> yeah. Learn but uh yeah no it's it is it is silly man I I um look I support I support my unions and um. I was out there with the writers and uh, not so much with the actors. Look, I love you actors, but yeah, the, the, the actors strike very different from the writers strike. The writers, very cool. They don't really want to be there, but they're making the best out of it. But again, they're pretty laid back. They don't make a big deal out of it. The actors, you know, they're organizing uh, flash mobs and choreographing dances. <laughs> it's uh, I, I can't I can't be out there with all that. I can't. I, I mean, I go, ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. <laughs> yeah well it's because you're at home learning to code that's the that's yeah the... i'm learning the code man you know like <laughs> i i support i support you guys but you know i also want to talk about stuff i worked on 10 years ago like yeah. give me a break you i know, know. <laughs> uh, i know we can't really talk about this but one of the last things that i saw you uh that i saw i mean besides you know like i follow your career all the time dude and i follow you online i think you're the but you know how much i feel about thank oh, you buddy you. Um, but I, I did, I did know that you, speaking of moderating Q and A's, you did the Q and A for post screening of the disappearance of Toby Blackwood. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. which of course, you know, our common friend, my future ex-wife, the lovely Dana DiLorenzo. Uh, <laughs> everyone's future ex-wife, Dana DiLorenzo. <laughs> everyone's future Josh, come on. Don't say that, Josh. <laughs> That's not bad, man. Josh. <laughs> 
I'm listen. I'm calling you, Dana. Dana knows she leaves the longest, funniest. Know, she does. Her messages. I I have to settle in. Like if I see a message from Dana Di Lorenzo, I go, well, I better uh, get some coffee and get settled in because it'll be you'll be there for 25 minutes. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> call me back. Call you back. What for? What you 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 covered all? You covered everything. She's uh she's incredible. She's yeah. a dynamo. Um, she's, she's but yeah, amazing. she did a movie called The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood. She was in yeah. this film, and yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you were talking about doing Q and As, uh, you know, at that convention, and I, yeah. I love it. I mean, I I was so into it, and the response was surprisingly, you know, overwhelmingly great. People were coming up to me afterward, and yeah, because look, most Q and As are really bad i yes. think most q a's yes. are very boring i agree uh the moderator doesn't know how to keep it moving they don't interject yep. anything interesting it's almost yep. like they don't even know why they're there or who they're talking to and this was not a big film this was a micro budget indie yeah. film and i learned everything i could about these folks yeah. and uh believe me they really appreciate it when you when you take an interest in what they're working on because it's hard making these things but it uh, is. i had a great I had, time man i had, I had joe i had joe ahern on i had to talk about it oh yeah you did you know, okay cool you know, i had him on we were trying to actually trying to get it to you know i was talking to some of the guys at the music box and the scheduling didn't work out but i, I thought the music box would be a perfect place for it here in chicago because i thought the movie was terrific i was very yeah, entertaining and very funny and they it made is. it on a micro budget and, and they during, really did right in the middle of COVID, you know, uh, right in the middle of the lockdown and everything. So some pretty cool shit. And so, but anyway, I brought that up because you did a fantastic job on the Q&A. And, the, and, and you know, these Q&As, uh, Josh, I, I agree with you. Most of them suck. And <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times that I've had like people like that I've done, that I've moderated Q&As take me off the stage and go, Jesus Christ, man, you did a good job because they're shocked. Right. Um, they're shocked. Yes. And I'm not yeah. Blown, they're always I'm, surprised. Yeah, I'm not blowing myself. I'm just saying. No, I know. That, like, I know. Yeah. Th- like because like I had okay, I did this. I did the the Skeet Ulrich just this last last uh, uh, festival or the last uh, convention. I did the Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, um, and uh, uh, fuck now I'm blanking on his name. The guy who played uh, the stuntman who played uh, Ghostface in the first movie. Um, shit. Oh wow, I wouldn't I know that. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. But anyway, uh, you know, we got up there and you know like. Jamie Kennedy said, you know, hey, you know, normally, you know, he leaned over to me about 10 minutes into the Q&A because we were sitting down, we were all talking, and he leans over and he goes, hey, man, normally uh, Skeet and I just uh, just kick the fucking moderator off the stage. <laughs> right, that, and, that, uh, by that point, yeah. We, we do it ourselves, man. You're, 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 you're funny. And I'm like, yeah, okay, man. So, But they're shocked. These people are shocked that somebody does their homework and is funny and tries to keep Well, isn't that moving. crazy, though? That's a sign of the times. A lot of people are shocked when you're, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. Uh, while you're well you're actually you actually take time to you know learn how to do this stuff that's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey i do want to mention before we jump into it and uh the, you 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 were on uh on craig's uh podcast i was yeah yeah Josh, tell me yeah. how that went come on my been, show it's... man come on my show let's break bread man um you know it was good it was we we recorded it back in march of this year yeah. So I had to sit on that for a little while. You know, I couldn't tell anybody. And I think it was to this date, I think it's the biggest uh, episode of his new podcast. This podcast is called Joy. What sparks joy in you? I'm like, what are you doing, man? What do you, what do you, do you get a show called Joy? You? Anyway, um, I... Uh, <laughs> no, it was good, man. You know, look, we, we haven't seen each other for a while. Craig and I have not, you know, worked together. Uh, I mean, since, well, we did a game show technically called... Uh, 
the hustler but i got yeah. cut out of that show so that oh you got count, cut out still, of it yeah i was in it but Son i wasn't yeah i play i actually was the voice of um the first season i was the voice uh we came up with a concept the, the show takes place in a parlor and in the parlor um there are all these creepy paintings on the wall on right. the set and right. i thought oh what, what if there's like a like a ghost that lives inside one of the paintings and i'll do the voice of one of the ghosts and so that's kind of how we did it and it was really fun it was like back to the old days you know yeah. craig and jeff except this was you know craig and ghost or whatever right. and uh and the ghost sounded suspiciously a lot like jeff peterson <laughs> of course and uh so but it was great and then I, you know, I, I knew going in that they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what might work. And it's ABC. So right. unfortunately, I didn't find out that uh, I wasn't in the show until I watched the first episode on ABC. <laughs> oh, so I went, man. oh, I guess I'm not in the... But, uh, um, but, but that was a couple years ago. And so for he and I to sit down and, you know, have a, have a conversation about, like, the Late Late Show and our real thoughts about what happened and what happened after the show ended. That was, that was good. It was very cathartic. Yeah. I had yeah. a really good time. Well, it's, it's a great episode. I listened to it. And um, I mean, obviously like, I'm not going to listen to that because you know, I love you. Guys. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people listen, man, a lot of people, that one really touched a lot of people. People yeah. really were, uh, and, the, yeah. and I'm, I'm joking here, but I was, I was, I'm sharing all these deep stories on that episode and talking about <laughs> what I went through and my struggles after the show. And, Mostly the takeaway from that show was, yeah, anyway, hope you and Craig do something again together. And I'm like, okay, did you hear all the stories about my my life? And my, yeah, that's too bad. You and Craig really need to, okay, well, I don't know if you heard the part where I want to just do other things. That's right, right. No, so people it's are like, great. No, it's the, great, dude. It's Look, the whole thing's been amazing. I, uh, you know, talk about not really being angry anymore. I mean, look, I'm still angry. Look, we're all angry. You got to have a little bit of the anger. Yeah. But um, I mean, if you're not, you're, you're crazy. The world's out of control. But I got to tell you, um, it's just so beautiful to hear from from people around the world. I mean, I, I've been hearing so many stories now about people growing up watching the show, people that were in high school when they watched the show and yeah. how it got them through terrible moments in their life, uh, going through an illness, battling cancer, losing a, a parent, uh, even even that they watched it with a parent or grandparent who's now passed on or a spouse. Yeah. Guy just yep. yesterday told me that um, his wife died recently and, and that was their favorite show in the world and that was the only thing that made her laugh. So yeah, man, I mean, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that our stupid little show you know, yeah. connected with that many people. So that's yeah. that's the greatest takeaway you can get. Truly. Well, it's a, it's a great episode and people should check it out. And, uh, and yeah, I'm glad man. that there is a certain sense of closure there. Uh, and There is, know, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I would like to do another, I would like to do a follow-up episode and, and really, you know, because on a lot of podcasts, people people are really gloves off, man. Like friends yeah. will get together, especially my favorites are um, Bobby Bobby Lee is, I work with <laughs> yeah. Bobby Lee on yeah. um, Inside Job. He's yeah. such a funny, hilarious. lovely human being, but yeah, Bobby Lee and Theo Vaughn together, I think, I'm still fingers crossed hoping those guys will have some kind of buddy cop movie in the future. Hmm. But um, they get real, you know, they, uh, and Andrew Santino and, um, and Bobby Lee, two two comedians, you know, they they get real. I like when people get real about stuff, but in a funny way. I'd like to do that. I'd like to go on again and go. All right, man, let's 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 cut the bullshit. Let's get into it. You know. So, what do you think, fun. Craig? What what would Craig say 
if you said that to uh, me. Nah, man. I don't think so, man. You know, come on, man. You know, Josh, I mean, no, I did want to bust his balls about one thing, and I know he would have laughed because he said something to me. He goes, I said, well, you know, after the show ended, um, I couldn't get arrested. I couldn't get any work. I thought that, the, you know, the sky was the limit. I thought that Mr. Hollywood was going to present me the keys to the city. You've done it, Josh. Welcome aboard. All the roles are yours. <laughs> and uh, turns out nobody knew who I was. And at one point in like 2017, I wish I would have told the story, but I'm telling you now. Craig yeah. invited me out to Scotland to some, I think it was like a New Year's, it was either a 4th of July or a New Year's soiree at his estate in Scotland, right? Uh -huh. And all these celebrities were going. He, he's, you know, oh, man, so-and-so is going to be there, man. You got to come, man. Just come on, fly out, man. And I had to decide in that moment between buying a ticket to Scotland or getting a new radiator for my car because I had no money, right? And I know he didn't know that. Yeah. So... So when he said to me, yeah, I totally understand, man. When the show ended, man, I get it, man. You know, I really was going through a bad time. So I was like, oh, yeah, you're going through a bad time with your uh, $50 million in your castle in Scotland? He would have loved that. I wish I'd have said that, man. At least you had a radiator in your car, Craig. I know, uh, dude. I'm like, oh, well, do I, do I fly there? I probably won't be able to fly back. I guess I could stay in one of the 15 rooms. <laughs> But see, if I if I'd have done that, I mean, I don't really care what people think anymore. But someone would have been like, "Oh, Josh, so ungrateful." I'd be like, "Yeah, I had to get a radiator for my car, or fly to Scotland." To you know, with... I, I I think people think just because at some point in your life you were on TV, you're like, "Well, this guy's fucking set." You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they do I, think I, that. Yeah, they do think that, man. Well, that's the thing about the strike. That's why people write "learn to right. code" because they think that. <laughs> We're all millionaires. Look, right. folks, I've never been a millionaire. I've never come close. I've never been half a millionaire. I've never been a quarter of a millionaire. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's, you know, which, which look, it's crazy. It's not a benchmark of your success, by the way, folks. If you're listening, listen to me. It's you, just because you're not a millionaire, that's not the goal. That's not, that's, that's not why this is a satisfying thing to do. I'd like to have a million dollars. But yeah, Josh, oh man. So when I, when I turned down that invitation, I think he was a little pissed off. Yeah. And I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell him like, I came up with some bullshit reason, but I wanted to be, you know, I didn't want to, oh, my radiator. Oh, Josh, come on, man. I'll help you out, man. Could you buy me a new car? Hey, forget the radiator. Give me a new car. Okay, he sent you a gift certificate to Radio Shack. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I still have the car, though, and it's my fault for, you know, buying a BMW. I think I put as much money into it as I paid for it when I bought it, so whatever. Well, well, uh, you know, right, let's car. move on, but I will say, and, and you know this, uh, the stuff that you guys did during that stretch on The Late Late Show, I, it's, I think it, and I, and, and, and I know this, I, I think it's incredibly special. It was, a, it was magic to watch. It Every is. fucking night, it was magic to watch you guys, and Dude, the I fact that that I forever yeah. am connected to that makes me, you have no idea how that still That's makes true. You were Nikki D, uh, the drummer, I think, of, in the, yeah, yeah the, in, of the Shy the, Guys. Uh, yeah. Shy Guys, Alfredo yeah. Sauce and the Shy Guys. That's I right. can't even remember. Look, we'd make stuff up every night. Well, people, that was the, people the, will tell me things. They'll go, remember when you guys, and I'll go, no, I don't. I don't yeah. remember. Anything. Well, that was the thing that was my, my favorite, and we've talked about this in the, in the past, is one of my emails that he read, um, I put you through the fucking paces. Because he goes, well, uh, who are the other members of the Shy Guys? And then you had to come up with all those characters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's my fault, dude. I did that to you. 
So, it's uh... so funny, man. I remember because then I had on, there was a piece of paper, and I rarely did this, but I had a piece of paper taped to the wall next to me, listing the names that I had come up with that right. night for the band, so that I would never forget it. I forget. Otherwise, I never had anything written down. Otherwise, no. I didn't even go. Who is the name of that guy? That uh, I, yeah, Mark maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mark. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He didn't remember. You, no, and it was hilarious because it was Terry, I think. Terry, Terry? that's right. There was Terry. There was Nikki D on the drums. And, uh, I, uh, and uh, God, I can't remember who else. Was now, my there. favorite moment with the Shy Fellas was when um, Chris, uh, our sound guy, he he um, prematurely <laughs> he he had a cue that came in. It was like this. It was like a big band it was like a sting of music it was like ba -da -ba, and it yeah. came in at the wrong time and um yeah. craig said what the hell was that man and i said sorry sorry it's my penis <laughs> he said what i said my, my penis hit the hit the keyboard <laughs> That's right. and he's, here i'll do it again i'll do it again and then of course chris you know and this is the idea of uh alfredo sauce backstage with his pants down it's just my favorite See, thing in the world. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, I mean, to, to me, like this, every time they would just show the fucking curtain, you know, yeah, like exactly. they, they would just cut to the curtain. It's a great bit. Like, it's, it's a great, a great bit. bit. It was a great bit. The, anyway. That was a great bit. And then the other bit was um, <laughs> this guy, Brian, he, he was one of the, he, he was a crew member and he, um, I told, so he had these giant hands. There was oh, right. a, a giant <laughs> hand, right? And a giant foot. And so... I don't know. We came up with a bit where it's like Alfredo's going to show himself, but only a little bit. Right. And then you learn that Alfredo Sauce is a giant. He is a physical giant because the hand is humongous. <laughs> yeah. And I said, all right, Brian, put the hand out and then and then I'm going to go, OK, wait, look at this. Huh? And then show the foot. And then I and then I said to Brian, I go, and he's a great guy. I, it's not his fault. I said, look, then what you're going to do is take the foot and just push the curtain don't don't reveal your foot right. just push it forward like it's a penis right. just have the foot behind the curtain and push the curtain outward and then i'm gonna say guess what part this is eh? <laughs> but brian just put the foot out again and craig was like well, what, what, what the heck all right that's enough for this bit man it didn't work out that well but it's somehow funny yeah. and i i am forever going to be nikki d man that's the drummer you that's are man nikki d on drums hey that's right okay and then nikki d of course was just like very effeminate i love that yeah Here, hi gonna... guys it's nikki <laughs> yeah so nikki d was based on we was just my rob this character robin super who eventually became gary the ogre it's all it's all oh, yeah. incestuous oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, together yeah, but yeah. but nikki d how hi craig yeah oh yeah i'll do a little riff for you and then chris chris who's in another room completely just knows to immediately play drums right and uh yeah. that was fun man that shit was funny well if anybody if, if you want to check out the the episode uh craig ferguson joy uh uh, uh, uh josh is on there telling great stories. yeah it's man really, you know because episode. really i do get it man i mean when the show ended man i was like I was basically homeless, man. I didn't know where to turn. Well, you had a syndicated game show. Yeah, but even that, man, that money goes quick, man. Well, yeah, if you have a jet. Anyway, um, no, I love him. Great guy. All right, let's get into horror, We have man. fun. We have fun. Uh, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's get into horror. How did it start for you? From, from birth, when did you get into it? Yeah, well, it, it starts, uh, I think, for a lot of Midwestern people. You know, growing up in Cleveland, yeah. I, you know, we had five or six late night monster movie shows going. 
I think at one point. Uh, yeah, we had we had uh, Chuck, uh, Big Chuck, and Little John. Was Chuck Shadowski, who is still still with us? He's got to be almost ninety. He's got to. Ch- wait, Chuck, Chuck Shadowski's still alive? Yes, he is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know if he knows it, but he is still alive. <laughs> um, okay. Chuck Shadowski. J- just for those of you who don't know, Chuck Shadowski was uh, a mainstay of Cleveland television for for probably fifty years, and he started with Ernie Anderson, the yeah. great Goulardi, yep. who went on to be the voice of ABC and the, the father of Paul Thomas Anderson, and he's just a legend, right? But Ernie Anderson was this character, Goulardi, in the 60s, and um, a late-night horror movie host. And Chuck, or Big Chuck, Chuck Shadowski, was like camera number two. And he would, he would appear as a young man in sketches, and then eventually he did a show called Big Chuck and Houlihan, with a guy named Bob Wells. So Big Chuck and Houlihan then became Big Chuck and Little John. John Rinaldi, hey gang, John Rinaldi here, who was a little person who ran Rinaldi's Jewelers in downtown <laughs> Cleveland. Come on down to Rinaldi's Jewelers. And if you buy a necklace, you get the third one for 50% off. And a ticket to Geppetto's Pizza, hey. And uh, that was the show I grew up with in the 80s. I watched Big Chuck and Little John, man, and they showed some of the worst horror movies ever, but also some really great ones. And that's, and, and the ghoul, Son of Ghoul, a guy named Ron Swede, rest in peace, who took over the mantle. There was Son of Ghoul, there was the ghoul, there was Big Chuck and Little John, there was Frank and Drac, uh, and Elvira was uh, syndicated. Right, and then we right. also had Superhost, who was Marty Sullivan, uh, a news anchor who on Saturday afternoons on channel channel 43 hello there it's me Marty Sullivan he'd uh he he was a, he had this he had this superman uniform he would put on he had kind of an ample belly so the uniform stretched kind of tautly around that belly and yeah. he put a little piece of red paint on his nose he slicked his hair back with brill cream and all of a sudden he was superhost and every saturday superhost would play a little rascals uh, or oh. a Three Stooges feature, yeah. and then we go into a, a Godzilla double feature. But that's oh, that's man. how I first found out about. I mean, the movie that scared the crap out of me was a movie uh, from the great uh, Tom McLaughlin called uh, One Dark Night. Oh man! And yeah. Yeah. One Dark Night stars um, Meg Meg Tilly, Jennifer right. Tilly's sister. Right. And it's a terrifying movie about a really nasty psychic who uh he dies at the beginning of the movie he's murdered a bunch of women with his telekinetic powers and they find all of these bodies in a hotel room along with his body at the beginning of the film and he is interred for some reason in this mausoleum and uh at some point meg tilly has to as part of a pledge spend the night in that mausoleum and of course the guy comes back to life and it is terrifying. I mm. love that movie. But I it was that thing where you would you would I would beg my mom to let me stay up and watch Big Chuck and Little John or you know Goulardi or whatever and yeah. and think that I could handle it. And yeah. uh but of course I do it every time because there was something about it, something forbidden. It, it's know? it's funny because look at that, it's we have a similar thing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little older than you Josh and uh so the thing for me was when I was a little kid, like five or something, my mom tells stories about how I would hide behind the couch while she watched Dark Shadows. 
Oh, yeah. And I would like creep out and go, <gasps> and she'd be like, I'll change the channel. I'd be like, no, 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 don't. You know, even though I was scared shitless, but I would be behind the couch and I would, I was, I loved Dark Shadows when I was a kid, Barnabas Collins. And, uh, oh, yeah. My yeah. mom used to watch that too. She yeah. would watch that. Really creepy. What was the one? Um, no, Doctor, Doctor Who used to scare the crap out of me as a kid. Mm. I can Those imagine creatures. That. Yeah. I used to watch it on PBS, right. uh, the Tom Baker era. Hello yeah. there. And yeah. I love Tom Baker, uh, Fourth Doctor, still the best to me. But Scarf, he, um, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah see, yeah. he was just so, he was kind of creepy himself with that yeah, big yeah. smile, yeah, all and teeth, eyes, and that, those crazy eyes. eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he, but the creatures, as a kid, I mean, now you look at it and you go, oh, it's a guy in a suit. This set's right. made out of cardboard. But, but as a kid, there's something um, forbidden about it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I think when, I think when the, John Carpenter's The Thing aired it was it was edited for television but anytime you saw before a movie on tv when you saw those words uh parental discretion yeah. advised yeah. Yeah, yeah you knew you had to watch it absolutely man. yeah absolutely it's funny so so you started out with the with the with the late night host and stuff like one dark night when you were younger um did that lead to the video nasties were because you know you're you're of the era you are of the of the age where the video stuff was big like that was like so would you go to the video store and, and like grab all the shit that you thought was forbidden? You mentioned forbidden, like your faces of death. And yeah, all that shit. Was that I think Fangoria was what started that. I think yeah. that um, I remember. Yeah, my my grandmother's friend uh, Elsie, this this sweet woman, Elsie. Hi, Josh. She was such a nice lady, and uh, she was from she was from Niagara Falls. Elsie lived in she didn't live in Niagara. She lived under Niagara Falls. <laughs> She lived in she a barrel. She was the only person she to live there. She's still there to this day in a barrel. Yeah, that was during her funeral. They sent her over the side in a barrel. But Elsie uh, and she didn't make it. It was crazy. But Elsie, um, we were at, we were at a grocery store and they had a newsstand there, and I remember not being interested in anything else other than Fangoria and the cover. And I, I I've since bought it. I since tracked yeah. down that issue, and it's a very early issue. The cover was from a, a great movie that I just got on Blu-ray called Ghost Story. Do you remember yeah. this movie? Hell yeah. Craig Wasson, uh, Fred Astaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had John, all Ir these... John Irvin directed that. John yeah. Irvin, right? And had all these old actors yeah. who were at the very end of their lives, right? Yeah. John Houseman was in right. that, right? Melvin Douglas, I think. Melvin Douglas. Melvin Douglas, yeah. yeah well, probably the last film from Melvin Douglas. Yeah. And um, it's a great movie. It's a great that, movie. Now, that movie yeah. I remember... Yeah. Was I it Alice Krieg? Was Alice Krieg the ghost in that? Was Alice, Alice Krieg oh, is, yeah, and man. she's so beautiful oh, in that. So hot. Now <laughs> I watch it as at my age, and I go, "Oh yeah, I've dated that woman a couple times." <laughs> no, I go, "Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah." She's like, "Come, I've just met you. Come to my place and let's sit by the fire and play games and talk in silly voices. Sure, whatever you want." Oh, you're you're oh you're not real. Oh, you're dead. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> no, she she is. Uh, listen, if any of you out there have not seen the film, run. It didn't do well when it came out. Nope. It was um, it was sort of like mixed reviews. But I remember uh, my mom and some of her friends. We were at some family gathering, and they were in somebody's den. This is back when you had like a den with uh, plush carpeting right. and you know wood carved statues of you know penises or something. I don't and know. You Everything had the, was and really you had weird. The, and and you had that thing uh, that looked as though it was raining, but it was drops of oil. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, you had you that, had that, 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 and you had the thing that was um, 
don't know if you remember these. It was like an old guy's face with the, with a necktie, and when you pulled the necktie, he would squirt water out of his mouth. I also knew a guy that had the the light cover, um, the uh, you know the the light switch plate. It was a guy flashing. Oh, he, he, he was, and and then the switch was his penis. That it was that kind of room, right? Don't go in there. But my mom's friend uh, uh, Mark had a beta player. Yeah, he had a he had a beta deck, which was like wow, right? And they were watching a ghost story, and I mm-hmm. remember walking in there and just being freaked out because there. So Dick Smith, the the legendary yeah. Dick Smith, mm-hmm. did some of the makeup effects for that movie, and so the cover of Fangoria is is this horrifying corpse from Ghost Story. And I, I just needed to leaf through that magazine. And Elsie grabbed it from me and said, no, that's yucky. That's yucky. And she put it back. And, of course, I knew, well, I'm going to have to figure out what I this to, is all about. Yeah, I have to get a subscription um, now. Uh, but the video store, Network Home Video, is where I first sort of was able to rent these movies. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember bringing up a bunch of boxes of movies like I don't know Texas Chainsaw, and these were silly. What like Amityville 3D? For some reason, I was obsessed with Amityville 3D, even mm. though not in 3D on VHS, right, which was such not. a yeah. ripoff. Yeah, it would say this is not presented in 3D. Well, what a bunch of bullshit! What is yeah. the point of this? <laughs> so I would have a stack of like, uh, you know, I don't know what was the other one. Um, Creeping Flesh is a great one. Mm. Um, with uh, Peter Cushing, that's right. that's, a, that's a really great classic. film. Classic, classic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so all these kind of movies. I think uh, the big one was uh, City City of the Walking Dead, also known as Nightmare City, from Umberto Lenzi, which yeah. is features the first running zombies running at full speed with machine guns, and Zombie Lake, which is just oh, Zombie Lake. which is a great Jess Franco movie, yeah. which is really mostly just women swimming fully nude lots of underwater shots in a lake of women yeah. swimming naked which yeah. you know who who doesn't want that so i remember bringing all those boxes up to the counter and i was probably 11 maybe <laughs> 10 or 11 right and that day the owner's son happened to be working and this this guy didn't give a shit about anything right and that's these guys would smoke in the store this was like a real mom and pop shop yeah, where the yeah. guy's like yeah what do, you, what do you want yeah and so he looks down at me and he looks at me and then he looks at the stack of movies he kind of rifles through them a little bit oh the other one was the aliens deadly spawn it's called deadly spawn mm-hmm. i'm looking at the vhs tape but on vhs it was called return of the aliens deadly spawn <laughs> And they titled it Return of the Aliens Deadly Spawn to cash in on James Cameron's Aliens. (laughs) Because the creature, and it's an amazing, if you have not seen Deadly Spawn, it is- I've seen it, yeah. It is a marvel of low budget filmmaking. Yeah. The effects are so bloody and so good. And the creatures kind of look like aliens with all the teeth and everything. Mm -hmm. So I, of course, since, now own that big clamshell box of return of the aliens deadly spawn so this guy looks at all these movies he looks at me again he takes a puff of his cigarette and he says can't let you do this and i was i was crestfallen yeah yeah all right he goes no you gotta take them back and grab the tag that's hanging underneath the box (laughs) and i was like this is the beginning 
of a beautiful friendship, buddy. <laughs> and that's how it started, man. There it is, man. There it is. But, you, you know, you, you always had a friend. It was like with Dirty Magazines. There was, there was a guy named yeah. Greg that worked at Subway with me when I was like <laughs> 13, 14. Cause, well, for some reason, I don't know, our parents were always, get a job before you need to get a job. And I'm like, why, why am I working at 13? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I remember Greg would go to the Broadview, Broadview Beverage, uh, the corner of Broadview and Sprague. He'd go to Broadview Beverage and they had a good collection of real nasty, real like reprints of like shitty 70s porn magazines. Mm -hmm. He was my supplier. So now I had a supplier there and I had a supplier over at Network Home Video. That's it, man. That's all you I need. I was rolling, right dude. That's it. So that's that was what started it. Now you mentioned I'm Absolutely. looking at I'm looking at, at a VHS copy. Now, tell 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 us about your collection. I mean, because you have videotapes. You actually have video. You you mentioned clamshell. You mentioned all the VHS. I stuff. do, man. How did that start? And and what's in your collection? Tell me about it. Man, I got I well the clamshells. I, you know now all of these have since been. This is the thing. You, you guys got to understand. This is back when you couldn't find these movies anywhere else. Yeah. You have to understand that a lot of these video nasties we're talking about. These movies that were banned mostly in the uk right these this was all this part of this whole silly movement where the uk was just banning movies left and right this movie cannot be shown in this theater and we will not be putting up with this rubbish of course you needed to get it right away because yeah. of that yeah. and uh but the thing is you couldn't find these movies any other way all of these movies since then are now <laughs> fully restored uh 4k which is right. so silly to me right. but yeah right. here we go mistress of the apes is a crazy movie <laughs> the cover alone is some spectacular like boris vallejo style art or you know um what's the other guy i can't think of his name conan the barbarian yeah yeah you know, um, all that uh, stuff uh, yeah 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 i can't remember you know what i'm saying but but <clears throat> yep. but this stuff the cover is a mostly naked woman and a bunch of guys standing around wearing loincloths and with kind of ape faces and it's like it's like it's like low rent planet of the apes with just a super hot woman nobody nobody has no, nobody's having sex or anything but it's just like it's like it's like a two-hour movie with nova from planet of the apes i mean uh, why, why wouldn't you want that you know course. but made for five dollars yeah. at raiders of atlantis which has since been put out in a beautiful special edition which is Mad Max on the water before Waterworld, Body Shop, Zombie Lake, uh, City of the Walking Dead, and what's this other one here? Uh, space oh Space Raiders, Space oh, Raiders, Space Raiders, yeah. From Roger Corman, I yeah. believe it's a yeah. Roger Corman. Yeah. Which you know, well we ha we have a wonderful movie, and uh, ooh, he sounds kind of like Jeff Peterson, uh, Roger Corman, <laughs> and uh, yes, oh Monster Monster Dog with Alice Cooper. Hmm. Uh, which I, I I I meant to have Alice Cooper sign this, and if I ever bump into him again, by the way, nicest guy in the world, Alice Cooper, such a sweet, lovely, down to earth guy. Bumped into him at ArcLight Theater when those were still around here yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, we were both eating next to each other at the cafe at the theater, and uh, I just said, I, "I'm sorry to bother you, man." He's like, "Oh, it's no problem, man. This is my family. This is my wife. This is my daughter." And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> Alice Cooper is just a guy eating yeah. at a cafe." Yeah. But he made he was in this movie called Monster Dog, where he played the air. He was like a, a he's like a werewolf, but but his voice is dubbed in. 
Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, hey there, we better go to the castle. I'm <laughs> Alice Cooper. And then all of a sudden he'll break into song. He, he plays a rock musician in the movie. And there's some really awesome songs in that movie. But it's it's called Monster Dog, man. Yeah. Ask for it by name. Monster I will. Dog. Now, did he have any dialogue in <laughs> Prince of Darkness? I don't think he did. I don't think he has No, he line. didn't. But he just played the creepy vagrant. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know. By yeah. the way, let, I want to talk about vagrants for a minute, and I know I'm all over the place, but it just reminded me. I mean, movie vagrants, movie vagrants. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Alice Cooper, and and there was that other guy that was in a lot of John Carpenter movies. What was that guy's name? Uh, uh is he, it um uh, uh uh shit? And he's also in um I think I think of the same the same guy. He's in uh, uh They Live. Uh, exactly. What's the, what's the threat? Buck Flowers. Buck Buck flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. Come he's on. the guy. He's he, he's the guy who wakes up on the park bench and back to the future. Drunk drivers. He's that's, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy. Right. Yeah. So so uh, somebody else pointed this out. But David Gordon Green. Uh, oh God. Oh, for God's sake. Anyway, I saw this movie Exorcist Believer. We'll talk yeah, about that I, in a minute. I, I mean, what's too. happening out there? I know. Anyway, uh, there's, there's not now. There's two of them. Look out! And um, Ellen Burstyn. What? Where am I? Just I know. go in that room. So and, and, anyway, and, and, but they have. We, a, but they we have could go homeless, like an hour. We, we could do an hour yeah, on on that. And we movie, may, but. we may just. But they have they have homeless movie vagrants in that movie that are so eighties. They have like eighties homeless people. The worst, but I, I was like praying that Buck Flowers would show up and be like, hey, fellas, you know, I saw your daughter down there in the sewer. Oh, hell yeah, she was down there. You know, it's he's just. Also, he's also the guy who's like, there's no fog bank out there. And then like two minutes later, he goes, hey, there's a fog bank out there. There's a fog bank out there. <laughs> but, you know, oh it's God. different. It's different when it's him. But anyway, yeah, but so Alice Cooper comes from a long line of 80s vagrant people. Right, who you know? make an and appearance he does it now. Right. David Gordon Green brings him back. Oh, the, David Gordon, what, what's wrong? What's wrong with everybody? Hey, I know what we'll do. What's that? All right, we're going to now. It's The Exorcist. Yeah, it's a very serious film. It's the official follow-up. Okay, first of all, don't start with this retconning of everything sacred in my life. Have you ever seen Exorcist 3? Exactly. Anyway, yeah. nobody cares. I, I know. I, listen, I, I'll just tell you this. I'm watching Exorcist Believer and I'm sitting in the theater and about an hour in, I look around and I, I'm struck with the thought. Suddenly I go, oh, this is for people that don't even care about The right. Exorcist. Oh, exactly right, I'm in the man. wrong. I should go. I, I have to say, to David Gordon Green, really quickly. <clears throat> I got to say, I'm a defender of Halloween Ends. I'm a defender. And, and uh, yeah. I, okay. I hated the first one. I hated his first reboot. I hated yeah. Halloween Kills. And in, as far as Halloween End goes, I don't like any of the Laurie Strode, Michael Myers stuff. But Terrible. I love all the fucking Corey Cunningham stuff. I yeah, love Corey it Cunningham all. is a great character, and I, I agree with you 100. percent I <laughs> I think the theme, it's the best theme from John Carpenter and Cody yep. Carpenter. It's yep. um, that character is so fascinating to yep. me. And yes, it's a weaker film. And look again. This is the problem, and I'm, and I'm realizing this now. None of these 
production companies. They don't have any balls. Bowls. They don't have any. They can't. I'm sorry. They you can't, can't say that word. You can't I ever know. say that word, right, man? I'm I mean. not allowed to. I have to be very careful. I can't say. I can't say the phrase "me too," and I can't say balls. Anyway, so I uh, every time I go, "me as well," "me also," oh, because every time I say it, it's a normal phrase. It's been around for millennia. So yeah. Always one guy goes, "Ah, yeah, me too." And you go, "Okay, are we past that now? Is it three years ago?" Anyway, uh, the, the the thing with the look, man, it's such a great film. They just didn't. They just couldn't take the risk of truly making it like Halloween 3. They they, they yep. were so afraid to really lean in and go, okay, it's Halloween 3. You've got the same font from yep. the original Halloween 3. You've changed it on purpose. Yep. I love how the movie opens, by the way. I do too. The Universal logo <laughs> comes on, and you hear Haddonfield Radio DJ. Yep. And it's like, it's this music sting where he's like, Haddonfields hits all, whatever it is. Yeah. They do nothing with this DJ character. <laughs> they, they, they build up this DJ character. And I'm like, oh, because by the way, I know we're going to get, okay, we're going to get into it. I'm ready. Here we go. Right. Halloween 6, okay, also known as Halloween 666 or The Curse of Michael Myers. Right is a great it has a really great film in that movie and one of the conceits one of the threads of that film that's so interesting is this radio shock jock character who is coming to Haddonfield he's like a Howard Stern type character we're going to go to Haddonfield and we're going to broadcast live from, from right in front of Michael Byers house it's it's such a great story idea because they have this DJ uh, connecting every character in the movie. So like Paul Rudd, hey, it's me, Paul Rudd. He'll be listening to their show and they'll be talking about Michael Myers. And then you'll have Loomis working on his uh, memoir, listening to the radio show. And so it connects everybody in the story in such yeah. a great way. And everything leads up to this DJ coming to town. It's the best part of Halloween Six, and it is the worst part of Halloween Ends because they don't do anything with it. Right? They sh they show up, and the guys there is like, "Hey, what's up?" And yeah. then he gets killed. But yeah. Corey Cunningham, the coolest moment in that movie is when uh, Lori's Lori's granddaughter is riding on the back of his his bike. Mm -hmm. They should have put some like new wave music right there. They should have had some. Yeah. like Depeche Mode or The Cure or something because it is such a cool 80. It looks like an 80s movie right in that moment. You're like, oh, dude, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And then Michael Myers is in a sewer for some reason. I know. He's in there forever. <laughs> and then, and then like, but then like Corey Cunningham dresses like Michael Myers. You know, but all, like I was saying, all that Corey Cunningham stuff and the kid who plays Corey's great in it. I think he's fucking great. Oh, he's great in Oppenheimer. It. He plays yeah. Oppenheimer's brother. Yeah, he's fucking great. And he's and, a great actor. Yeah. And, 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 and all that stuff. I thought all that. And, and I went in there with the worst attitude possible. And I was like, sure. Because I love the After opening the last one. Kid, where the fucking kid falls and dies. I was like, wait a minute. This is pretty cool. And then, right. then the Laurie Strode shit starts and it's stupid. And then, well, it's you know, Laurie Strode and uh what's what's uh, oh will patton Lori, it's will patton and right. laurie strode for 25 minutes on a stair step on a, on a, on a step in front <laughs> laura i just uh want to tell you i'm uh i'm i'm go i, I went to japan and i want to see those cherry blossoms and I, i'll learn how to speak japanese and, uh, laura i just would love to 
I'd love to see your cherry blossoms, and I'd love to, uh, Laura, I'd love to commit seppuku with you, Laura. I mean, here, there's a great moment where a woman outside of the grocery store in Haddonfield starts giving Lori shit for bringing Michael back. Yeah. And they don't do anything else with that. And I thought, okay, great. If you're going to go that route, you should have most of the people in Haddonfield hate Laurie Strode because it is her fault yeah. that Michael Myers uh, was baited and trapped and set free in Haddonfield once again. It's her yeah. fault. Yeah. And yeah. they don't really do anything with it. And again, yeah. it, it's these, it's this fear of really leaning in to a theme. That's why Exorcist Believer is so terrible. It is a yeah. terrible, terrible, boring, awful film. Yeah, it is. That it is, is an embarrassment to everybody. Yeah. And uh, I know and the, there's a good film in there. The, the thing about, the thing about to, 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 to move on from Halloween ends, but the thing about that is that there's no coincidence that the kid's last name is Cunningham because it's Christine. Like that's a riff right. on Christine, and and yeah. I thought that was cool. I was like, okay, dude, you're doing a different Carpenter movie. You're doing a riff on on Christine, and I thought that it, was kind it, of a it, neat it little you're twist. You're absolutely you know? right. You know? the the tone of it, the way that it's yeah. shot, I I think it's the best of all three of those movies. I've rewatched the original the the original David Gordon Green Halloween. Yeah. Which why does it have to be called Halloween? I don't know why don't you guys know. keep doing this. Yeah. It's a very boring movie until things kind of start happening. I do like. In Halloween Kills, the only thing I like in that movie is uh, Michael Myers taking on the entire fire department. Um, is that in that movie? Yeah, that's in Kills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, and and that's one of the reasons I love Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. And I will defend uh, Halloween Two from Rob Zombie until my dying breath, because it's so original. It at least everyone was clamoring for an original Halloween film. And Rob Zombie arguably gave us one of the most artistic, messed up and bizarre Halloween films, um, as imperfect as it may be. I love the hulking image of Michael Myers. I love that massive Michael Myers, so terrifying to me. Um, it's brutal, man. It's a mm -hmm. brutal, brutal film. And uh, so what was the other thing I was gonna tell you. Oh, well, Halloween 5, I gotta get this out of the way. I gotta okay. get this out of the way. I just had a thought about Halloween 5. <laughs> Halloween Five was the black sheep. Remember, at, remember at the end of Halloween, the end of Halloween. Halloween Five ends with the, with the mysterious man in in black. Yeah, he just shows up right, and he, it's just he shows up in a bus, and breaks right? Michael out of jail. Right, and Michael Myers is by the way. And I, it, it, did he take his mugshot with the mask on? That was my question because he has the no. Mask. But there, <laughs> there's a deleted scene which I oh. wish they kept it into the. There was a deleted scene where Michael is sitting sullenly in a jail cell and some of the members of the like the sheriff and some of the other uh, police are there and they're just kind of looking at him and you kind of feel bad for him like look at this sad human being this this sad yeah. thing and it's a yeah. great moment that they cut out of the film but then there's a jailbreak basically this dude comes and blows up a wall of the prison and breaks Michael out, which is amazing. And what we were promised at the end of that film was that J little Jamie Lloyd was going to now carry the mantle. Right, right. Because she stabs her foster mom. Right. Uh, at the very just, end, right? At the very she, end. Yeah, she, ki she kills her foster mom. They basically go back and say that didn't happen. 
but she stabs her in she's she's uh drawing i'm drawing a bath for you dear and then she puts on the same clown outfit as right. uh you know her uncle right and then part five they're like ah she's a mute now and right. uh don't worry about that but they really had an opportunity to do something so crazy back in 1989 where they they could have flash forwarded yeah. 10 years and given us this whole other story which is what Halloween 2 Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 does mm. it it gives us that what would happen to Laurie Strode for real though if she doesn't become this survivalist with mannequins in her backyard what if right. she yeah, went the right. other way and became a pill popping you know crazy d depressed person who suddenly realizes uh her bloodline and can't handle the reality of that well but anyway in that's Halloween kind of the five yeah yeah go okay. ahead go ahead no I was just gonna say that's kind of the route that minor Steve minor took in h2o um yes. was where and I love h2o I'm a huge fan of h2o and I look it's good I look, for sure I look yeah. I look at that as a I think Jamie Lee is great in it she is um, yeah and she's an alcoholic and trying to deal with it and, right. and I, I'm a fan of H2O, and it's really, and it's 88 minutes, and they chop his fucking head off at the end, and I'm like, cool, you know, like I'm good with this. <laughs> so that, yeah, but then, but then, the Mustafa Kad, God bless him, rest in peace. What we need to do is, uh, well, Michael was uh, killed, but I think um, it was not him. It was the EMT. They switch mask. Right. What? Right, and we not listen. And he's probably I can't do the Mustafa account as well as you can. But I can't I think, either. I'm, apparently, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking he's like, well, we had LL Cool J. Let's get the Busta Rhymes. You know, like we need Busta Rhymes to uh, karate with Michael, and he will say at he will say trick or treat, motherfucker, be great. No, that's when. But by the way, look, this is why again, at least. You can fault Rob Zombie for whatever you want, but at least he didn't do it. At least he was like, you know what, man? Now we're gonna have a, a white vision of a white horse, and Michael's gonna have a beard. I love seeing Michael walk across the countryside. He eats dogs and stuff, or he's, he's like, he's got to survive. And I'm like, yeah. How did Michael Myers? He li he's living out of barns and stuff. That yeah. shit is amazing to me. <laughs> but in Halloween Five, yeah. there is an incredible moment in that movie. It's a, it's fine. It's not like it's it's actually much better than I remember it being. But there's a great moment in that movie where Michael um, gets into a he gets into a muscle car. There's this really annoying girl in the movie. There's like a, the 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 friend of the of the uh, Jamie's sister who she mm -hmm. gets killed right away at the beginning of the movie. She spends 20 minutes looking for a dog. Where are you, buddy? And then she gets killed. Um, oh, great. Anyway, so, but her annoying friend. Uh, her boyfriend has this muscle car and Michael kills the boyfriend and he puts on a different mask. It's kind of like this. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like oh. this brute looking face with the cigar, I think, coming out of the mouth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is the coolest shit because, first of all, finally, so Michael every time has to grab the same friggin' mask and every time it's available for sale in Haddonfield where the murders happen of all, you know. So so that is amazing. But I realize in that scene, the girl gets back into the car and Michael is sitting there with this mask. Now she thinks it's her boyfriend because right. he had the mask on before. Michael's eyes get really wide because she 
is kind of coming on to him. She starts rubbing his leg and mm. talking about what they're going to do later uh, at the farmhouse where the party's going to be. And I realized in that moment, oh, Michael has never had thoughts like this. Michael has never had a woman come on to him like this. So well, we're seeing in this incredible moment. In Halloween, you know? in Halloween, PJ Souls, you see anything you like? When, when well, he's... okay, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's he's true. Got the, he's I got think, the sheet over him. Where's right, my beer? That whole yeah. Where's my beer? Right. But yeah. she's not touching him. No, she's not. She's on the other side of the room. And I yes. don't think yeah. and I don't think he indicates that he's like excited about no, it. No, not at all. <laughs> Unless the breathing is, you know, but but <laughs> this is Michael. Yeah. Michael's like looking over like he doesn't yeah. he wants to kill her, but he doesn't know. It's a great scene because I went, oh, my God, the mask is different. Why didn't they just go this route? It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And so at least there's something good in there. I there's completely some forgot good. about. It. I completely forgot about that. All right, it's a great I, moment. <clears throat> another. I I, I want to go down because we've just analyzed the fuck out of all the Halloween. <laughs> all the Halloween. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's our Halloween show. Exactly. But I want to talk Hammer. I have to talk oh, Hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, you know, like I, I started watching uh, horror movies at I don't know when I was a zygote. You know, and my and I've told I think I've told you this. My dad took me to the theater to see The Exorcist when I was eight. Oh yeah. Like in the theater, and you see how I've turned out. So that's that, when you uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I was a very, I at a very young age and, and it was all the, I watched son. I watched the original Sven Gulli, who was a guy named Jerry G Bishop. Mm-hmm. And I watched creature features and Sven, much like you, I watched creature features, which was on channel nine and uh, Sven Gulli, the original Sven Gulli, uh, Jerry G Bishop before Rich was took creature over. features, John Stanley. There was no, there was, there was no, really no host. It was just, oh, you know I what see. they, okay, gotcha. you know what the, what the, what the picture was that they would show between commercials was the picture of Lon Chaney from London after midnight. Um, oh, okay, cool. It would be like a caricature of that, and I never knew what that was, and it scared the shit out of me every time I would see the picture. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was a little kid watching that, and I watched all the black and white, you know, the Universal monsters, and I'd watch Godzilla movies when I was very little, and everything was in black and white. We had a black and white TV and everything. I will never, ever forget how much Horror of Dracula changed my fucking life. Oh, like, yeah, man. That was the movie where I saw it, and it was like, wait, this is Dracula? What? And then there's tits and there's blood and there's color and fucking Peter Cushing. And what is ha- my mind, Josh, was blown by that movie just because like I was used to the universal stuff, the black and white. They were quiet. You know, there was no. And then suddenly big red blood and Technicolor and hammer and, you know, I mean, God damn. So that's for, interesting, dude. For, you know for what? Me, You're ha- absolutely right. Hammer, hammer was the hammer was the st- was the studio that blew my mind. Like I love. Uh, the the table was set by Universal. Dinner was fucking served by Hammer. You know what I mean? I agree with you, man. You know what? I'm thinking about it now, and I remember um, um, Big Chuck and Little John and uh, the Son of Ghoul or the Ghoul would play these Hammer films. Oh, and they, I didn't I didn't understand. I I I I I wasn't really comprehending the difference, but I knew there was something. Yeah. Yeah. About those films, it was very special. It was that that brightly colored blood. Yeah. And those women, my God, they were so, oh. they were like, really uh, sexual and and you know busty. And, and it's it's like, a, the the heaving bosoms and the and all of that yeah. stuff. And, and but all of the period, was, oh, you know. God, it they was were all period amazing. pieces too. They were by all the way, period I mean, they did, pieces. Yeah. They yeah, sort yeah. of modern. You know, AD nineteen seventy two was that yeah. the. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> 80, but, 1972. I mean, there's, yeah. there's that whole series that, like, uh, I mean, Christopher Lee, you know, like, uh, Dracula has risen from the grave, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Oh, yeah, man. All those. And I love them all. You know, they're not nearly as good as, like, the first couple. I mean, like, Horror of Dracula, man. I mean, that's that fucking movie. I think that was, I think the one, I was talking about the, the creeping flesh. That was yeah. the one that freaked me out. That The creature in that is this weird, it's like a giant skeleton yeah that um peter cushing is you know he's he's a scientist of course and he's he's trying to figure out what this thing is and and if water gets on this bone material i guess that the flesh grows it continues to grow and cover this entire skeleton until it becomes this like hideously deformed almost faceless creature that wanders the city, but it's something about the, the the period that those movies were set in, and and the sets and everything about it felt like it was from another world. It yeah. didn't. It did felt very surreal. Every one of those movies. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know. Yeah, and they were transformative for me. They really were, and you know, like all of them. And then like going back and what they did, what Hammer did with the Universal monsters to me opened everything up, man. What they did with the mummy, what they did, you know, like the, 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 the werewolf movie with uh, Oliver Reed is unbelievable. And all, oh, all of that. Curse of the shit. werewolf. Oh, it's amazing. Curse and- of the werewolf is a very uh, disturbing film because um, it, it, it takes the first half. It takes a while. It takes a long time yeah. to get to uh, Oliver Reed as the werewolf. Yeah. But the payoff is incredible because Absolutely. you have these, um, beautiful uh, sequences of him running on the rooftops. Yes. Which yeah. they did again in uh, a film that I liked. I actually like the uncut version of um, The Werewolf with uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh, I do too. I'm a fan, man. There's, I'm a yeah, fan of that movie. I do. I that, like it. Um, the director's cut of that is, is awesome and yeah. it's definitely a hard R. There is a lot of blood in that movie. Yep. But but and they, they sort of tribute that sequence where he's also running on the rooftop. Of course, it's, it's, it's all... You know, really bad CG from that period, yeah. the, the yeah. running. But um, the first half of Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed, uh, there's a really disturbing sequence where uh, his future mother is thrown down in the dungeon oh. with this crazy man. Yeah, and God, she's, yeah. she's basically a servant at the yeah. castle who's yeah. been so kind to this man. There's all these <laughs> moments where she's, She's feeding him and coming to visit him. Yeah, and as yeah. soon as she gets thrown into the jail cell, he he rapes her. Yeah. And that's how the werewolf comes to be. Yeah. And it is so disturbing <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. for a film of that era, but it yeah. is so necessary to the story because you you realize the brutality from which this creature was born. And yep. you realize in that moment, oh, wow, that guy is a werewolf because they really don't tip their hat they don't really let you know that the guy that's in the jail cell is a werewolf they you just think yeah. he's kind of a crazy guy yeah yeah and it is uh it's a great film with great performances and it's shot the way they shot these movies again man that technicolor that yeah. crazy overly saturated color yeah. works so well for these films it, it does and as a kid you know like at six 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 five six years old you know watching these movies like you know, like as I mentioned, I single out horror of Dracula, but I'm talking about all the Hammer movies in general. Like that, that my everything opened up for me. I was like, oh my god, you know, because I thought horror movies were black and white, you know, and I thought they were like I'd watch the monsters and stuff when I was little, and I'd be like, oh, okay. And then this, 
gothic stuff. And then, and then like my hero, Josh is Peter Cushing. He's my favorite. I, I worship the ground that that man walked on. I, he was, he's my favorite. He's my hero. I have statues of him in my apartment. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. I have, like I love Peter Cushing and that, and it's all because of like, I'll never forget watching that. You know, the last 10 minutes of, of horror of Dracula, it's like a fucking action movie when he's running, running through and tearing the, tearing the uh, curtains down. And then he jumps up on the table and gets the candlesticks. That yeah. shit is badass, man. And yeah, it's great, dude. When I was a little kid, I was like, man, I want a coat and I want a scarf. Because he had a scarf. I remember he always wore scarves. And I was like, man, I want to be like Van Helsing. All right, well, let's wrap it up, uh, uh, Josh. And, and, and we got to do this again, man. We have to talk. We have to get together and talk horror. Again, Absolutely, is, buddy. Amazing. Uh, so for five hours. Let's for go. people who want to watch some movies, I would just want to hear Josh Robert Thompson's like favorite horror movies. If you were to watch two or three or four or whatever, really quickly, rip through some titles and why you love them. Horror that you recommend. Yeah. Well, off the top of my head, this is just what's on my mind right now. Um, John Carpenter's the thing is always number one on the list. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a a very claustrophobic movie about, uh, you know, trust really. It's about who can you trust? And, uh, it is the best version of that uh, Joseph W. Campbell story. Uh, who yep. goes there? Okay. Got to check it out. Great performances across the board, and an incredible ensemble of actors who are yep. at the top of their game. And and the and, effects are unbelievable. Yep the the practical effects. Rob Bottin, the best. The best. Rob Bottin, who was you know twelve years old when he made that movie. No, he was a very <laughs> young man. I think he was nineteen or twenty. He was a maybe? kid. Yeah, he was a fucking. Uh, the effects are still unsurpassed in my mind. I yep. mean, it's uh, it's not, and the film is not dated at all, other than nope. maybe Kurt Russell's hat. But even that, I'll give a pass. <laughs> it's an incredible hat. So the thing, I absolutely so agree the with thing, that. yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, my second film, oh, this is tough. I would have to say uh, Don Coscarelli's Phantasm. Man, you and I, you know, I I can't even explain to you uh, what I'm wearing a Phantasm shirt right now. I'm oh, not nice, kidding. dude! I'm not it's kidding. Great. I saw it over a hundred times in the summer of 1979 at the theater. I'm not kidding. Oh yeah, really? And Don's a friend. Don. Don oh, that's are, great. Yeah, well, Don yeah. Coscarelli's a genius in that, yes. and um, Phantasm uh, is really again one of these miracles of low budget filmmaking because yep. it's so inventive. Yeah. Uh, all of the setups are inventive. The way it was shot, even the uh, the fake the fake mausoleum with the fake marble, yeah. uh, is so brilliant. And it's a scary movie. It's a very yep. weird, scary movie. It and is. it does take you into this dreamlike state. It does, man. Um, yeah, you know, it's. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, Josh. I was fourteen when I saw that movie, or just thirteen, turn about to turn fourteen. And Michael Baldwin was my fucking hero because he was fourteen year old kid. He got to yeah. shoot shotguns and drive a muscle car and look at boobs and kill monsters. And he was my fucking hero. And that movie plays like a fever dream of a 14-year-old kid. It does, that's yeah. Why, that's why I love it. I love that movie. I it love does. it. It was an inspiration when I started making monster movies in junior high. I think yeah. I, made, I made a film called uh, The Domain of Darkness. And mm. uh, it was... Uh, my my mom was the camera person, and uh, <laughs> it's an epic film uh, about a killer uh, a finger puppet that I that I burn in a fire, and he comes back to haunt me. <laughs> but it was a combination of Phantasm and The Gate, which was another oh, sure. film yeah, that Dorf, I really loved Dorf. as a kid. So Steven. actually, The Gate was my Phantasm for me as a kid gotcha. growing up. That gotcha. The Gate was that okay. for me. So The Thing and Phantasm. Um, so far, you're two for two, Josh, in my world. Yeah, well, that's good, buddy. That's because you know you're a tough, you're a tough customer. Um, I would say, 
this is tough because you know there's so many movies. Yeah. But uh, it's down to two. I gotta say both of them because it's down to two. I got you. Uh, now, Demons um, from uh, Lamberto Bava. Uh, Demons yeah. can I, can is. Can I quickly? I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah. Really quickly. Goblin just played uh, and and scored Demons live, and I just saw it last Sunday. Oh yeah, oh you did. You saw that show. That's it was awesome, amazing. dude. Amazing. It was. Amazing. Yeah, they're coming here uh, this weekend. They're gonna be you here have this to, weekend. You, you have to go. It's it's amazing, and he's got uh, uh, some you know like three very young Italians playing bass and guitar, and he and and then he comes back for the second half and plays all the shit from like Deep Red and Suspiria and all. Oh, does he have that? Uh, does he have that one? The hot bass bassist? player. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's amazing. <laughs> I knew where she's you were in... going, man. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, she's there. <laughs> I saw her a couple years ago when yeah. they did. I think it was. I want to say it was. Maybe it was Deep Red. I think yeah. it was Deep Red. Yeah. It was awesome. And it was, was fantastic. Awesome I'm telling too. you, and they scored demons. It was fucking great. So demons <laughs> oh, is yes. De- demon. So I'm. I it's demons or and this is kind of a. This is kind of a rare pick, and I think more people should have seen this movie. It's a movie called Session Nine. Oh, great movie. Yeah. And it is such a scary movie. It's more of a psychological horror, but boy, when it ramps up, it really will get you. And and yeah. again, a great ensemble, just like The Thing, tremendous performances in this movie. David Caruso is, uh, is yeah. fantastic in this movie, has one yeah. of the great lines of all time in cinema history where he just says, fuck you. And, um, and, <laughs> and, then, it's, uh, and it's not followed by the who. It's not followed. It's not yeah! followed, exactly. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't do any of that. And Peter <laughs> Mullen, I have to mention a Scottish actor, Peter, Peter Mullen, who... Uh, is really the star of the film and god he is so good it's a very very disturbing movie it's a great movie man i'm gonna throw that into the ring all right cool man so the thing phantasm demons and session nine those are all over the map and they're all good and that's just that's just you say yours uh let's see well you know i actually put a list together i mean my favorite uh horror movie of all time is the original halloween um sure yeah it's the it's the movie where i realized what a director did um, I remember seeing the movie and then walking out to, uh, to the front of the theater and looking at the poster to see who the director was because I'd seen a bunch. I was 13, and it kind of changed my way of life. Um, but if I, if I I'll give you my top five horror movies, here are my top five horror movies. Halloween, uh, Dawn of the Dead, hmm. Suspiria, Phantasm, Texas Chainsaw. Those are my top five. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah those for are sure. My top five. And then a bunch of other ones. I mean, like Carrie, The Original Exorcist, Dead Zone is another one of my favorites. Um, Hereditary, if you want to talk recent. Jesus Christ, that movie. Um, yeah, it's a great film. Dead Ringers. I took a girl on a first date to see that. That was a real smooth move on my part. Um, oh, d- oh, was that Cronenberg's? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great <laughs> film. Work. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, a fan of Blair- I'm a fan of Blair Witch. I know a lot of people hate it. I love Blair Witch. Um, how about this? A French film called Eels. Uh, uh, Them. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Them. What is that? Okay, it's not the giant, it's not the Spencer Tracy giant uh, right, right. movie. It's just called Them. The French title is Eels, I-L-S. Fucking terrifying movie. It's like 78 minutes long. It's a home invasion movie, and it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. From like 2006? Oh, yeah, okay. So it's a little more recent, yeah. Yeah, yeah more recent. Gotcha. But I'm telling you, Josh, fucking scary. Like really, really check scary. Check it out, man. Yeah, so anyway, those are the ones. God, there's but, man, so great many, stuff. though. There's too many, yeah. man. We could talk another 10 hours, so... Listen, you know, Josh, I love you, man. You're the best. And um, thank you, buddy. Let's it's always let's, always a pleasure coming on. Let's, man. let's talk again soon. We'll do maybe another horror uh, episode, and then um, 
in 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 in, uh, in August, man. Let's get you out the flashback. Let's do it. I got it. I'm coming flashback. Okay. I'm coming for you. There you and, go. And uh, <laughs> what else was I going to say? The, well, this is airing on Halloween, so uh, yeah. the the store, the official uh, merch store is open. Oh so yeah, please tell everybody. Yes, go merch. to my website. Uh, now it's just jrtshow.com. I finally got the domain, Mom. I did it. Uh-huh. Uh, jrtshow.com and just uh, click on merch and it's all there folks it's all there it's finally there all the uh, Jeff Peterson original designs uh, whatever kind of apparel you want we've got we finally got caps now we got hats we got mugs we got Everything, stickers yeah. we got it all we're going for broke cool man awesome get so over you want, there you want your Jeff Peterson stuff you want your Josh uh, Robert Thompson stuff you go to jrtshow.com jrtshow.com Keep up with what's happening and go to your merch and get your merch and all that. And I'll talk to you soon. Josh, man, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Happy Halloween! Hi, Esmeralda. <laughs> Hello. So were you doing a little dancing while that was playing? Oh, of course. I know you love it so much. Uh, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, just had a very extensive and deep conversation about horror with Josh Robert. <laughs> Josh Robert. Nice. Uh, it went a little long, so we're going to have to be a little briefer uh, uh, um, uh, during our segment. Um, but... I wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the horror movies that you loved and uh, and um, and that and that. Oh, wait a minute! Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, she's dressed like a scarecrow. Nice. I don't know why. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> look at her! Uh, wow, look Hi, at I'm you, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and I love Nick's uh, show. I know you do, baby. Oh. Going as a scarecrow. Did you ever go as a scarecrow for Halloween, Esmeralda? Never did scarecrow. No. Um, that one seems a little involved. Yeah, there's. Gotta get. I would think you need straw. Yeah, there's straw the, all over the, the floor. There's straw all yeah. over the floor of my back by my back yeah. door now. I mean, like, what are you doing? What are I'm you going doing? to assume Carrie is. She goes all in. She so, does, yeah. man. She doesn't fuck around. No, she. You know, you know, when Carrie Russell dresses up like a scarecrow. She dresses up like a scarecrow. I'm telling There's you. There's lots of straw <laughs> everywhere. Right. She's never doing this podcast ever. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> what were some of your? Uh, did you have favorite costumes when you were when you were growing up? Did you have like a favorite costume that you went? Um, when I was growing up, my I remember getting uh, one of those mask ones, the the plastic yeah face mask and smock. Yeah, and smock. That's my favorite. And also those yeah. face masks where you can't see out of the corner. You can get hit by trucks easily. Yeah. Right. It just had, I'm assuming it had a mouth. There's like a little bit of a cut for a mouth. It's a little teeny Two slit little for a mouth. nostril holes. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes at least two hours to die. You know what I mean? Like it gives you a little time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, when you're little, you know, you, you don't, you're nose and your mouth aren't very big so you know it's enough i guess yeah yeah <laughs> so did, did you have a favorite of the of those costumes did um you... so i had my parents had gotten me and again i i guess i watched this cartoon um but it was uh it was a costume of lady lovely locks oh and right yeah now, so she's that... this lady who just hung out with animals she was uh a princess. Now, was apparently. the show called Lady Lovely Locks? Was that the show? Yes. It was. It was the actual title of the show. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it is part of all of the, like, Care Bears, Strawberry Shortcake. So that universe. Popples. Popples, if you remember those. Popples? What is Popples? They were, like, circular. They were, they were Care Bear-esque. <laughs> um... But they had like pom poms. Oh, were they magic pom poms or? I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're animals. They were bears. Oh, and their big thing was that you could stuff them, so you could somehow stuff them into a pocket. They had a pocket like in their back or whatever that you could <laughs> flip in, so then it would be them in like a little hanging out uh, in their little, uh, uh, little stuffed thing. That's so I think that's kind of where the popples came from because you pop them out of the. I see. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, that's an eighties. That's eighties weirdness, right toy. there. Toy. Yeah. So, so Lady Lovely Locks, that's her name, mm -hmm. right? So what? What so was? So she was what... just this blonde girl. She's this princess, and just uh, thinking about it now, um, I think people would be kind of weirded out. Like animals hung out in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> She had like little tiny rabbits and things just kind of hanging out with her. Uh, she had very long hair and they yeah. would just kind of be in there, which, you know, thinking about it now, it seems very unhygienic. It is. <laughs> yeah. And then you got bears in your back pocket popping out and uh, right. it's just a weird yeah, thing, man. Popples. It's yeah. weird. Now, I can't. I, this is just what's what's striking me is that I cannot picture you wanting to be a little blonde girl. I don't. For some reason, I just can't. Right. With, with animals well, my in thing your is, hair. Like I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, the thing is, you know, it was just a mask. It's a mask. Yeah. Right. So right. Kind right. of like this. Really, those costumes were like the saddest things ever. Yeah. All I know of them. They are. They are from the seventies. Because it was man. just a mask. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the mask, and then the smock just had the picture. I think. Right. right? Yeah. No, that's all it was. It was like a plastic thing that had the picture of like a what would be like of the what suit. it was. Yeah. yeah. And it, you would tie it like a like an apron. You would like tie it like an apron, and then walk around and look like a jackass. But in the seventies, that was cool. You would lift up the no, mask. That was, I mean, little kids. That was yeah. all 
you That's would it. get you'd get them at the store at the supermarket. Yeah, with the rubber, you know, the rubber band attaching the, the plastic mask to your face, and then you would like mm-hmm. lift it up. You would lift it up when you'd go to the house to see what candy they would throw in because you couldn't see the candy or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you would lift it up and put it on your head, like rest it on your head, the the plastic mask part on your head, so you can like see what kind of stuff you got from the from the person that you rang the doorbell from. Yeah, I used to have those. I, I mean, I, you know, and growing up in the, you know, like I started, I started trick or treating probably late '60s, you know, early '70s is when I started trick or treating, and mm. um, and that's all we had, man. Those were, you know, they were like fifty cents. You can go to the corner store and get some stupid plastic. Yeah, you know. and it's just yeah. funny how un uncreative it is in the sense that yeah. like the front has to tell you what it is because yeah. from the back you're <laughs> you just can't a kid really. With... Yeah. Right, you're just wearing a smock. And yeah. then they turn and they go, oh, you're oh, G.I. Joe. Exactly, you're G.I. Joe. <laughs> That's what you are. You're Lady a, Love. It says G.I. Joe. Right. And the there's front. a G.I. Joe on the front. <laughs> right, yeah. And they still have those. I still see kids with those every once in a while. Um, really? They yeah. seem like a safety hazard. No, I'm yeah. sure that they. I'm sure that if you light a match within 15 feet, they're going to blow up. The kids are going to explode, I, w- I would imagine. But I, you know, hey, by, hey, by the way, have you seen this video that's uh, that's on social media where um, it's a father and son, and they're dressed as Michael Myers. They've got the you know the the jumpsuit thing on, uh, the you know the, the the mechanic thing on, and they're both wearing Michael Myers masks. And it's a little kid and his father, and they're walking through Costco. Have you seen? No. <laughs> you got to check it out. It's Michael Myers and his, and the kid can't be more than six. He's a little kid, right? And the kids yeah. carry the kids carrying the knife. The adults not, and so they're walking around and they're going to right the, because that's yeah that would be it's, that'd be it's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious because they're walking through Costco and they're getting samples. You know, they're walking up and they're you know they still got the masks mm-hmm. on, and they're like at you know at one point there's a piano in the middle of Costco as want to be you know, and of so course. the guy the the adult Michael Myers is playing on the on the piano and the little kids dancing with his knife with the mask on nice and they never break character they kind of stand there and stare at the end of aisles and stuff it's just this like two and a half minute clip that's made the rounds on social media of a father and son dressed as Michael Myers and Michael Myers kid walking through Costco and it's hilarious it's hilarious nice so that's a simple costume too that Michael Myers uh, mask right well you got to get the mask though that we do you, you know the origin of the Michael Myers mask, Esmeralda? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, uh, Shatner. Shat, yeah, William Shatner and, and the Nick Castle, who worked on the movie, went and bought two masks. There was a clown mask and then a William Shatner mask. And he took the William Shatner mask and he cut the eye holes out and frizzed up the hair and cut some of the hair off and then painted it white. And that's that's now the iconic Michael Myers mask. Yeah. That's, that's really fun to think, like, oh, that's technically me. Yeah. Well, they've talked as, to Shatner. You know, as, as Shatner is like, hey, that's you. <laughs> no, they've talked to Shatner. They've talked to Shatner about it. And Shatner's like, I'm thrilled, you know, and because uh, that movie, you know, I mean, as you know, Halloween was made for like no money. So they actually sent the guy, mm-hmm. they sent Nick Castle, go to the store and pick up a couple of masks that we're going to use for this movie. Little did they know that, you know, like 45 years later, this movie is still huge. And it's now an iconic mask that just some dude picked up at a grocery, you know, at a corner store. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then um, it's funny to watch the Halloweens. Yeah. I had seen one and two, and then you can kind of see, like, the times when he looks a little rougher than yeah. others. Yeah. Like, the hair is a little <laughs> yeah. real yeah. like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> you've had a bad hair That's day, you Michael. Know. Yeah. Yeah, like, sometimes it just looks like they cut off too much. Yeah. 
like they're it's using weird. The, the shitty mask or something and they're, then they're like oh no but put the good one on where we comb the hair back <laughs> <laughs> you want to be presentable for your next murder exactly yeah. it's funny because like that if you if there are people you know because there are so many halloween movies and so many you know horror movie freaks out there um who analyze the, each mask in each movie like people can mm-hmm. tell, like if you if you were to pull out the masks from each movie, there would be some Halloween movie geeks out there who could tell you which mask is from which movie. Seriously, they could. Like, nope, I'm sorry, that's from Curse of Michael Myers. Probably, that, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, they could. They're nuts. So well By the uh, way, I do love in, in the original Halloween how they're just so nonchalant about someone breaking into the hardware store and stealing knives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of kids. Yeah, what do you think it is? They stole yeah, some rope. Fine. Yeah, and a couple of knives. They got knives. And it's also, but also, this is the sheriff played by by uh, uh, Charles Cyphers, who uh, evidently not only does he not care about the fact that they stole a couple of knives and stuff, from, you know, rope from the store, he also apparently can't smell marijuana because he and because Jamie Lee Curtis and yeah. Nancy Lewis are blowing weed in the car two seconds before they pull up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the worst. Even cop Nancy's ever. like, nah, he smelled it. And she's was, like, yeah. no, he didn't. No. He's an idiot. <laughs> He's the worst cop ever, man. That's why they that's I think that's why he chose Haddonfield. Like, well, I know that law enforcement sucks there, so I can murder everybody. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you when you're watching where um he's going around with the doctor yeah uh he's like getting bored i know <laughs> i'm just like you do realize like he's told you who that like he's a mental patient yeah right and he's dangerous <laughs> yeah. and you're just like whatever yeah i'm getting tired it's, uh, i'm a little tired <laughs> out it's, it's just a couple of ropes and a knife what the hell you know <laughs> All right. Um, I wanted to uh, um, to talk to you about. Uh, I, I asked you to pick three of your favorite like horror movies. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I got some clip. I got a clip from each one. I want to talk briefly about them. And uh, it, it, do you want me to go in any order? Is there any specific order you want me to go no. in? I, no. Okay. Why don't we start off with Pet Cemetery? Because that's the one. If we've told the story before, this is the one where your older brother, when you were a kid, said, "Yeah, it's a comedy. Let's watch it." Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's and it ends up being a memorable one for you because you know it was like the first. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. So let's play a little <laughs> clip. This is from Pet Cemetery. This features the fantastic late great Fred Gwynn. So here's a little clip from one of Esmeralda's favorites, the first movie that scared the crap out of her because <laughs> her brother said it was a comedy. <laughs> so here we go. What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there. Ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. <laughs> four or five days after Timmy's funeral, when Margie Washburn seen Timmy walking up the road towards Yorkie's livery, as time went by, Lots of folks saw Timmy walking back and forth. But it was Margie who finally came to some of us men folks and said it had to be stopped. She knew it was an abomination. So us men sat down and talked it out. Then we got to my car and went over the bedroom place to take care of it. One way or the other. Yeah. God. <laughs> Little revenge. I mean, that's smart, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I, they come out pretty frightening. Yeah. Now, so it was the dude with the brain hanging out. That's the guy that got to you, right? With the yeah, that's the one that like I can still yeah to this day I think about like yeah. Ooh. yeah. So Pet Cemetery, and uh, we were talking about this at the at the at the live podcast, which by the way is up, and uh, mm-hmm. you can listen to nice. it at radio. RadioMisfits.com, the episode uh, that was recorded live at Zany's. It's a bonus episode. It's out there now. You should definitely check it out. Uh, we talk a little bit about Pet Cemetery and how I think everybody in the room really, really liked it. And I, and I actually don't hate the remake. Um, and there's a new one that I still haven't seen, uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodline, which is on Peacock. Mm-hmm. I, I still haven't seen that one. Which yet. people said wasn't good. They were. Yeah, people said that one they wasn't were good. Eh about yeah, it. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, now the next one that you picked is one of my favorites. It's Interview with a Vampire, which is uh, mm-hmm. based on the Anne Rice novel, and uh, it's Tom Cruise, uh, Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, um, and a very young Kirsten uh, Dunst. Um, yes. And, uh, and, and you picked this one. I love this movie. I love this movie. I well, and I, was, I wasn't really, I was like, that's a horror movie? And you're like, yeah, you could, you throw that in there. Yeah, no, it's it's creepy. It's a it's a creepy. It's a beautiful. It's it's a per, a very appropriate movie to watch on Halloween for sure, and uh, and I love it. I was very very critical at first because I was like Tom Cruise, man. I don't know Lestat, because when I first mm-hmm. read the books years ago, I thought Rutger Hauer, like he was like Rutger Hauer in his prime, would have been perfect. But then like, yeah. and then I went to see it, and I was like, God damn it, man, Tom Cruise, and I love Tom Cruise, but I'm like, he's wrong. And then like, he's great in it. He's absolutely great, and it's really great. But Kirsten Dunst, you know, she was like ten when she made this movie and she was amazing in it. And this is a scene where she discovers that like, she's going to live forever and she wants to know who the fuck bit her. Like, why is she going to be this? And so in this scene, she just cuts off all her hair and then walks into the room and it all grows back. And, uh, and then she reacts not positively to it. What have you made me the way I am? What you are a vampire gone insane that pollutes its own bed. And if I cut my hair again, it will grow back again. But it wasn't always so. I had a mother once, and Louis, he had a wife. He was mortal, the same as she, and so was I. Claudia. You made us what we are, didn't you? Stop her, Louis. Did you do it to me? How did you do it? What should I tell you? It's in my power. Why yours alone? Tell me how it was done. Be glad I made you what you are. You'd be dead now if I hadn't. Like that damned corpse. Now get rid of it. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's a cool movie, man. It's a cool movie until the until, um, the, la- until the last five minutes, which I hate. But uh, what's but. pretty ridiculous is that like I was eleven when that movie came out, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching Interview yeah. with a Vampire. I'm like eleven, twelve, uh, eleven so, yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then the last one that we picked is one of the scariest movies ever made. We talked about this again um, at, uh, at Zany's as well. I mean, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is a true badass. Yeah. movie. it's a stone cold mm-hmm. classic. Uh, and so here's the scene that, with the first murder. This is Tina being chased down the alley by Freddy in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a, a, an Esmeralda pick for Halloween. Here we go. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
please, God. This is God. He does a really good job at being very frightening in he my is. mind. It, no, I agree with you. And in the fir- in the in first movie, one. in the first movie, Freddy's fucking scary, and then he gets sillier mm-hmm. as the movies go on. Yeah. And in that first movie, Freddy Krueger is terrifying, and Robert England's amazing. It's a great movie. That's a great choice. So those are three choices: Pet Cemetery, Interview of the Vampire, Nightmare on Elm Street. So those are uh, Esma's picks right there. Yeah. So. Yeah, they vary all across uh, the genre. They do. Those are great choices. Great, great, very choices for Halloween on this Halloween. All right. Oh, you know who's got to stop by? Even though it's Halloween, my dad's got to stop by. Uh oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I I love Nick's show. Get a broom, will you? Sweep up the damn straw. All right, my dad. (laughs) You ready for my dad? You ready for my dad's joke? Oh yeah. Here we go. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Ah, yes! Here we go. All right. My dad's here to tell a joke. Because he brightens up everybody's day every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So even on Halloween. I don't know if it's a Halloween-themed joke. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay. let's, hear what, let's hear what it is. Here we go. All right, Dad. Mother said, my kids love going to the web and keeping track of their passwords on Post-it notes. I noticed that Disney password was Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Pluto. I asked him why the kids so long. The kids said they have to have at least four characters. Wait, didn't we play that one already? Um, I, I believe you did. I did. Okay, well, that was a mistake. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Wow. All right. Oh, good. Told a joke. All right. It, it fits in the sense of cart characters. I, uh... It's character. No, we. I know that was my fault. Uh, all right, all right, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I played the wrong. Well, we'll have a new one next time. I. Pro- <laughs> nice. There I'm you go. A- I'm such a fucking idiot. My dad, when he hears this, he's going to go, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, I'm sorry, dad. All right. So anyway. All right. Well, listen, happy Halloween, Esmeralda. Yeah, same to uh, you. And I know that you'll have a great time celebrating Halloween because you'll be in a very haunted place. You'll be in New Orleans. For mm-hmm. That'll be fantastic. So my uh, my my uh, happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to everybody. Thanks to uh, Josh Robert Thompson for celebrating Halloween with us and doing all the scary stuff. Esmeralda for picking her favorite horror movies. And to you, you want to be a sponsor, advertise with us, sales at radiomisfits.com. You want to be a part of the podcast, leave a voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the music and the sound and the weirdness and to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits uh, spread the word like, share rate and review us on every platform and check us out next time and on the next episode the lovely Amy Guth is going to be joining me from Crane's Business Chicago uh, the Daily Gist podcast she's also making movies she's out in LA we'll get the latest from the great Amy Guth and that's on the next episode of the Nick T Podcast thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next time uh, right here on the Nick T Podcast